Raider Nation, wake up and get ready because it's time for the morning grind on the official Raiders Podcast Network. Happy New Year, Raider Nation. I'm Eddie Pascal, and thank you for joining us for our first 2021 edition of the Morning Grind. Well, while we have now mercifully turned the calendar over, the Las Vegas Raiders still have one entry left in their 2020 regular season, a Week 17 road clash with the division rival Denver Broncos. Today on the podcast, we welcome in former Broncos DB and current member of the team's broadcast department, Steve Atwater. Steve talks all things Broncos, ranging from his thoughts on Drew Locke to the development of Jerry Judy, and even shares a few memories of his own from playing the silver and black back in the day. So without further ado, enjoy our conversation with Steve Atwater. How are the Denver Broncos different today than they were week 10 when the silver and black first saw them this year? Oh man, well, uh... I think we had both of our corners playing back then. And, uh, you know, right now, I mean, we, we've really gone through our top, you know, top, top two corners. Uh, Michael O.J. Moody is still uh, available to play. But uh, as you know, uh, A.J. Bouye, uh, he was suspended for the remainder of the season. I'm not sure if that'll carry over in the next season. And then Bryce Callahan. Uh, had an, uh, I think a, a foot or an ankle injury, so and you know he's on IR. Uh, so yeah, we've been rotating a, a lot of guys out. Uh, uh, one of our rookie players, uh, he had to go on IR, and you know another guy we brought in went on IR. So uh, it, it's uh, been been kind of a, uh, a rotating, revolving door there at the cornerback position. But I think for the most part, uh, the other positions are pretty good. Uh, I'm not sure if Jarrell Casey played the last time. I don't think Jarrell Casey played either. He, he's on IR. Um, so yeah, we, we uh, you know, we're trying to improve. We're, we're, we're getting there. I think, uh, you know, both the Broncos and the Raiders are in similar places in terms of not, not playing as, as well as they want to play right now. And, uh, you know, having some young players who are developing and, you know, we, you know, got to exercise that patience. But at the same time, uh, you know, everybody wants to see the improvement uh, from week to week. And, you know, I, I don't I think we probably need to see that a little bit more than you guys. I think you guys have seen more of that than we have. Yeah, I mean, and you brought up a great point where you talk about the injury, injury bug and, and COVID and all that stuff that is kind of, you know, you know, become the norm for us in 2020 and very much like the Broncos, the Raiders have been bitten by the injury bug in a big way. And especially the past couple of weeks, unfortunately, this team hasn't just, you know, they just haven't been playing with a full deck of cards. But I'm curious about your assessment of Drew Locke. And, and Steve, we're coming to the end of his second season. And, you know, you look at the quarterbacks in this division and it feels like everyone kind of has a guy they feel really good about. Obviously, you look at the young guy in, in uh, Los Angeles, Patrick Mahomes, enough said. Derek Carr has kind of had his ups and downs in 2020, but has kind of, you know, has once again proven that when, when things are going well, he's a really, really good quarterback. So when you look at Drew Locke now coming to his second season, coming to a close, how do you think he's developed all things considered this season? Yeah, well, I, th- I think he's developed some. Uh, you know, unfortunately, he, he's still making some of the mistakes that he made earlier in the year. And, you know, that's the one thing uh, really about any football player and, you know, really anybody in any job, 
as time goes on, you, you would like to see uh, things that they're doing incorrectly or things that they're doing poorly. You'd like to see those things corrected or improved upon. Uh, now, I think he's improved some, some, but, you know, we, we still need it. You know, one of the biggest things is, you know, him throwing into coverage uh, instead of throwing the ball away or running out of bounds. And, you know, I thought he had kind of gotten it out of his system. And last week it, it sprang back up again. He tried to force the ball uh, in where he, uh, I don't think he should have thrown it and it ended up uh, getting intercepted. Uh, so, you know, that's the only thing is, you know, the, the mistakes that we saw earlier, I think we, we, we've seen those here lately as well. And uh, for me, that, that's not a great sign, but at the same time, you know, I realize it's a process, uh, you know, coming in, learning a new offense, especially as a quarterback. You know, he missed several games, uh, you know, early on in the season uh, due to an injury. So, uh, you know, all that may have played a part. But, uh, you know, I haven't given up on, on Drew Locke. Uh, but, you know, I, I think um, I feel like most of Broncos country feels, hey, we, we, we want to see uh, that improvement. And hopefully we can, can see it in this Raiders game to give everybody a little bit of, uh, a little bit of hope uh, going into the offseason that, uh, yeah, he, he is our guy. You know, you look at one of the guys that he's been throwing to this year, Jerry Judy, and him and Henry Ruggs are going to be linked, you know, really forever. Oh, yeah. Co- college, college teammates who, you know, come out in the same class. And, and they, like I said, for better or for worse, they will be linked their entire NFL careers, or at least until one of them leaves the AFC West. But when, you look, when you've looked at Judy's rookie season, what he's put on paper in 2020, what have you kind of uh, seen, kind of just top-end thoughts about what he's brought to the, uh, to the Broncos offense? Well, uh, I... You know, I still have this image in my mind of when Jerry Judy was at the University of Alabama and you know, he and Henry Ruggs, you know, they're both amazing receivers. And, uh, you know, I, I thought that, you know, and I still feel like Jerry Judy, you know, was, you know, top one or two receivers uh, coming out in the draft. And, uh, you know, he's had kind of a rough year because he, he's had some drops early on in the season and that, that showed again here last week. Uh, but, for me, with, with, with him, I, I, I really feel like he's going to be a superstar. He's going to be a pro bowler. Uh, but, you know, we, we got we to gotta get everything together. Because, you know, he's just one of the pieces that, uh, that, you know, isn't really playing up to his potential right now. Um, and I think, you know, he, he more than anybody else, he's just got to get out of his own head and, uh, and be the player that he knows that he can be. Uh, so yeah, I don't think he's played up to his potential this year. I think he still had a, you know, fairly successful year in terms of his numbers. But uh, you know, if you you went and spoke to to Jerry Judy, I, I know he would say, hey, th- this is not the season that I wanted to have. Uh, and you know, he's I think he's going to work his butt off. He's going to come back uh, next year, and uh, he's going to be that player that you know I think we all think he can be. You know, and, you, and you, just going back to the Raiders for a second, you look at Henry Ruggs and the rookie season that he's put together, and it sounds very similar to Judy, where uh, a good building block season, I mean, you look at the stats for Henry Ruggs this year, and they're not going to blow you away, right? I mean, he's not even he's not going to come close to 1,000 yards. He hasn't been as involved, I think, as a lot of fans would like, to, like for him to have been involved as a rookie. We've seen flashes of what he can do, but it hasn't been that consistent week in and week out kind of explosive playmaking ability that we've seen out of Henry Ruggs. But I, I'm curious, is there... In your opinion, is there a longer learning curve for wide receivers to kind of get it 
when they get to the NFL. We hear so much about how quarterbacks, it takes a lot. But for wide receivers, do you think that it takes maybe them a little bit longer than other positions to kind of adjust to the speed of the game, the physicality, and everything that goes into being an NFL wideout? Yeah, I think it does sometimes. Uh, I think kind of the same thing happened uh, with Cortland Sutton a couple of years ago uh, when he was a rookie. He came in, had a solid year, but, uh, you know, he, he left some balls on the table. And then he came out his second year, and he was just dominant. And, you know, he, he's been that way ever since. And uh, we really miss not having him on the field this year. So, yeah, I think, you know, it, it can be rough for some players. Now, you know, you look down – uh, at uh, at the Vikings, and uh, you know they they they'll probably say say something different with with Jefferson. You know he's he's had an amazing year, uh, but you know different players mature, and and you know the the speed of the game slows down for them at different times. And uh, again, I, I believe that both Jerry Judy and Henry Ruggs uh, they're they're going to be really really great players who are going to going to help their ball clubs win a lot a lot of games uh, down the line. Switching to the defensive side of the football for a second, Steve. I was going through the stats earlier today, the stats packet that, that our PR staff puts together, and and there was one number that kind of jumped off the uh, jumped off the page to me. And the Broncos, while they're kind of a middle of the road defense, they are statistically speaking, they are number one in red zone defense. How does that happen? <laughs> hey, you know what? I, I, that, that's a good question, man. Uh, it's kind of the the bend but don't break, and you know they they've really been amazing. And once they got get in the red zone, you know they're playing solid run defense, and also uh, you know intercepting balls, batting balls down, uh, you know getting pressure on the quarterback down there. Uh, they've really done an amazing job, and yeah, it, it baffles me too that um, you know they they're uh, as good as they are, especially in the red zone. Um, and you know, that's, that's if you're going to be away, I guess it, it's better to be that way than to you know have you know players you know uh, team scoring touchdowns when they get down there and you don't don't have the confidence. So um, yeah, I, I think it's uh, just just a matter of you know good good play calling and guys just kind of stepping up to the plate to you know and, and um, you know tighten it up once they get down there in the red zone and uh, you know good football. I'm just wrapping it up here with Steve Atwater. And and Steve, you know, some people forget, you know, if you're a younger guy like me, you forget how good Steve Atwater, the defensive back, was <laughs> as a football player. And I'm curious, I got a piece of trivia for you. You tried to you tried to pull one on me yesterday. So I'm gonna ask you, how many times did you play the Raiders when you were when you were playing football? How many times did I play the Raiders when I played football? Well, uh I played ten years uh here with Denver and we play them twice a year, so twenty times. I, I think I might have done my counting wrong because I had you at 19 times against the Raiders, but 19 unless or 20. Unless I missed the game. Unless I missed the game. I, you, uh, must, you must have missed one game against the Raiders, but that is incredible. What what do you remember about playing those Raiders teams? Because if you play anyone 18, 19, 20 times, there's got to be something oh, that man. sticks with you. I just I remember the battles, man. It was just, uh, you know, it, it was a fight every single game. It was going to be a good game, uh, regardless of you know what the records were going into the game. Um, you know, I remember Steve Wisniewski, you know, pushing after the play, hitting low. And uh, I remember uh, uh, Tim Brown, the battles with him, Bo Jackson. I, I still hadn't been able to tackle that guy to this day. Um, you know, uh, just, you know, a lot, lot, of, lot of great memories, a lot of great players. Um, and, you know, it was fun. It was just, just a lot of fun, uh, you know playing against the Raiders and, you know, getting up for the games and 
you know, we played them when they were in L.A. We played them when they were in Oakland, uh, you know, and then I haven't gotten a chance to see the new stadium in Las Vegas, but I'm looking forward to, uh, you know, seeing that hopefully uh, later on in 2021. But uh, it's, it's been a, an amazing battle over the years. Uh, and I, I, I don't know, historically, I think we may have won more games I got you know what I got to go back and check, but you know you know what you know what's crazy, Steve. Though as we've been, we've been talking about it a lot, you know this week in particular. But as crazy as 2020 has been, and it has turned everyone's life topsy turvy, there's still something to me very comforting that regardless of how this year has played out, twice a year the Raiders are going to play the Broncos, they're going to play the Chiefs, and they're going to play the Chargers. There's something like, and it's gone back since 1960, and there's something very very comforting in that fact. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. And, uh, you know, that the history has just, just been there. Uh, man, 1960, I think, is the first time first time the teams played against, well, this is the first time the Broncos, uh, that's where they were first, uh, they first started. And uh, it's been, been going ever since. I know. It's, it's you know, you got to enjoy the historical Oh, the Raiders players. lead the series. Oh, what man. do you got? It's, it's about a long shot, man. 66. Oh. <laughs> Fifty-four and two, man. We got a long way to go. Jeez. Oh man, you got five years. We got five years on you, Steve. Oh my goodness. Hey, well, hey, congrats, man. We, we yeah. got we got to we got to uh, chip away at that lead this this weekend. Uh, hopefully not this weekend. Well, hey, Steve Atwater, man, we appreciate your time so much. Uh, thank you for everything. Congratulations on on everything this year. I know the season didn't go quite to plan, but uh, I know that everyone in your in your digital and broadcast staff do do a really good job. So congratulations on that. And, uh, and hopefully we'll see you again soon. Absolutely. Thank you, Eddie, for having me and, uh, yeah, team success for you. And, you know, I, I don't want to say this, but also the Raiders organization, man, they, they're a wonderful organization and, you know, wish you all the best. A big thank you to Steve Atwater, who was good enough to join us on the eve of his 30th wedding anniversary. So big congrats to him and the wife on that as well. Shifting back to Las Vegas, the Silver and Black are back on the practice field today as they continue their on-field preparations for their tilt with the Broncos. Kickoff in Denver is scheduled for 1.25 Pacific time, and the game will air on CBS. I'm Eddie Pascal, and this was The Morning Grind. Thank you for listening to another episode of The Morning Grind on the official Raiders Podcast Network. Since starting Allegiant some 20 years ago, we've flown more than 100 million people to be with those they love. We're pilots, flight attendants, and technicians, but we're also parents, spouses, and neighbors. And just like you, we're excited to reconnect with the people and places that matter most. That's why we're going the distance for health and safety, on the ground and in the air. Because the further we go now, the safer it'll be to go farther tomorrow. Allegiant, the official airline of the Las Vegas Raiders. Low fares, nonstop flights, only at Allegiant.com.